0: You guys could talk all day, huh? No doubt about it. That's what's great about church, right? Coming to see friends and encouraged and find out what went on this past week. A lot of good things. I'm a very predictable uh, guy. I find something that I like and I stay with it. Now, I've lived in this area 21 years and I've gone to Lucy's Hair Salon, which is right next to Jewel, Algonquin, and Randall. And I just have gone there for 20 years. It's good enough for me. And so I called them a couple of days ago. I said, do you have any openings today? And they said, no. I said, no. Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'll have to find another place. So one of my kids had gone to sports clubs. How many have ever been to sports clubs? Yeah, I tell you, it's an experience, isn't it? Do we have, uh, oh, there we go. Sports Clips, this is uh, in front of Meyer, And I went in, and it's like a, a 21st century barbershop. Okay? I mean, look at that. You'll, you, there's bleacher seats right there. And then you have the game on the big screen on the playoff games. You get the Chicago Bears. I mean, this is a place for men. You do not have to make a reservation. You just step in, and you wait, and they take care of you pretty fast. Uh, and then they've got a screen uh, by two of the chairs, so this is beautiful. Men don't want to talk to anybody, right? They don't want to say they they don't want. They're not interested, so they can say hello to their stylist and just sit down and start watching the game. And everybody feels comfortable. It's not like I tend to say something or not say something. <laughs> now this is <laughs> this is how I was surprised. By service. Uh, What they do, if you're a first-timer, is they give you the MVP treatment, the most valuable player. And uh, for that, I got a precision, you guys noticed, didn't you? Precision haircut there. And uh, and they took me back, and they they put this uh, steam towel on my face. I've never had a steam towel on my face in all my life. And I'm teaching Lori to do it for me. No. <laughs> but they massaged my head and they the rollers on the shoulder. And I tell you, it was, it was just great. And uh, it, I was surprised. Uh, Susie, she was a manager, uh, she did the styles for me. So we were talking a little about church and things of that nature. But guys, you have to check it out at least once, especially the steam towel. When have you been surprised by service? Moms, when have you come home and you've come in the house and somebody has done all the dishes? There's not an empty dish out there. Okay? Somebody has cleaned up the kitchen totally. Or, Dad, how about you? When you pull up and it's chore day and there's a certain individual who needs to mow the lawn. Uh, usually it takes about a half hour to get him out the door. And, and you, you, you come in. The, the lawn's already mowed. And so you go in and you talk to your son. You say, son, that, that's incredible. Oh, Dad, that's the least I can do for you. Is there anything else that you need? Now, that would be a surprise, right? Yeah, surprise by service. We're in a... Series, Life on Mission. And if you're here today and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting Him alone for your salvation and not your good works, you're a Christ follower. And we're glad to have any guests that are with us. But yet, when you become a Christ follower, every day you are on mission for Jesus Christ. You are on mission to tell other people about this unbelievable gospel that God has given us, and one of the ways you do that is by serving other people. I said, include this here. This is uh, Travis Wood uh, in the game. Uh, was it last night, yeah, and uh, they won, of course, five to three. <laughs> the Giants are going down. And so we got Travis Wood here and, and he hit a home run. He was a relief pitcher, so he was helping himself out, first time since nineteen twenty four. So I was surprised by the service of the Chicago Cubs once again. Here's some of the things we're talking about. So we're talking about connecting with people, serving people today, sharing with people, helping people grow, and praying. For people, if you've missed any, you can go on our website and listen uh, to the podcast. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> there are these two guys, and they uh, were trying to break in to a house. And somebody called in and said, hey, there's some guys. they got some hoodies on and whatever. And they showed up, and uh, this is uh, what they did. They tried to make masks out of permanent marking tape, black. All right? Really, how drunk do you have to be (laughs) to think that's going to work? Uh, I won't ask you if you're from Iowa or not, but (laughs) I thought that was the funniest thing. You know what? We all try to hide from people. Uh, I mean, in terms of our our country, we we like to remain very private. And so, you know, the garage door goes down, and, and summer was great. Because you could actually get out and talk with your neighbors and uh, cultivate a relationship with them, but once winter hits, man, whoosh, <laughs> they're down. And, and you think about neighborhoods. When I was growing up, we had a neighborhood, and I, li- I lived on a street where everybody knew everybody. In fact, my older brother uh, can tell give me long stories about each person <laughs> in each house on the street. But today, 50 percent of the people, at least... They don't even know their neighbors. They might have said like this, if they were gracious enough. They don't know their neighbors. Back in my day, a, a study shows that you, people would spend maybe three times a week with their neighbor. And it's really hard to build relationships, isn't it, when people are like that, Of course, we're all so incredibly busy, we don't have time for new relationships. In fact, when a person comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord, usually they're surrounded by uh, non-Christians. Yeah, and, they, and they can be a witness to them. But you step back seven years, all right, and that person typically doesn't have any, any non-Christian friends. Non-Christian friends. Why is it? Well, because they got inculturated into the church, right? Of course, our primary relationship should be with believers. But again, if we do not have time, if we do not have the margin in our life for a relationship with someone who doesn't know the Lord, we're way too busy. And time is the number one thing, friends. I think that's the number one reason People don't get engaged in other people's lives who don't know the Lord. I just don't have time for it. And I said this last week. Well, have got to make time because that's your mission. Your mission is to love a person to Jesus. To, to, again, glorify Him in everything that you do. Well, let's take a look at uh, serving. A parable of the Good Samaritan, Malone. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, how do you come up with that? Because that was the Shema. We call it the great commandment. And they said it twice a day. Twice a day. So he just spit that thing out. Of course. That's what you do. That's what we talk about. Love God and love people. Then verse 28. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, Jesus said, and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Remember? We talk about self-righteous people. They believe they're going to get to heaven by their own righteousness. And so he wanted to further uh, have Jesus explain who a neighbor would be. So he said, okay, I've done that before. Well, We'll see what he does with that. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him, departed Leaving him half dead. So, Jerusalem to Jericho, there was a road, the Jericho Road, but it was <laughs> not I 90, let's put it that way. These people that <laughs> went through the Jericho Road really took their, their lives in their own hands because there were all types of caves where robbers could hang out, and you know what happened to uh, our friend here. And if you look at the nature of the road, it drops 3,000 feet in 23 miles. So it's like all downhill and not a lot of room uh, to walk. So that's why it came upon this. It wasn't it anything wasn't unusual. I mean, it happened all the time for people who walked on that road. But, but this is magnified here, right? He fell among robbers who stripped him. Not only did they strip him, but they beat him and departed Leaving him half dead. These people pummeled this guy. He was half dead. He was in critical condition. We would say, This guy is going to die within an hour unless somebody comes by. Well, verse 31 Now by chance a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. A priest. A leader, religious, uh, tradition, offering sacrifices, same prayers. Somebody you think who would have compassion on this man. But no, in fact, in the original language it also uses anti, which means when when he went the opposite way, he really went the opposite way. I mean, he, he got as far as he could from that guy. But a Samaritan oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm missing a verse. Uh you can look at it in your bulletins in the program, but it's about a a, a Levite. And the same type of thing happens. You remember that he also goes all the way around the guy. And because of this well people ask, Well, why did they go so far from him? And a lot of people start talking about oh they They were priests, and they had to be clean over a certain period of time. No, no, no. Jesus made up this story, okay, to make a point. And the point is that they didn't care. They didn't care. The religious leaders of that day, like the priests and the Levites, uh, they didn't care about God either. They are just doing the cultural thing, going through the motions. But Jesus says, these people did not care about this man. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. The other guys didn't see anything, right? Stay away. Save time. But the Samaritan shows compassion. And, of course, as you know, why this is such a well-known parable is because Samaritans were hated. It's a long story why they were hated. But I was it's like back in Alabama in the 50s, okay? In fact, I, my wife watched a Selma. Uh, and I hope for Winfrey's movement about the civil rights uh, efforts. And I tell you, you look back at that newsreel and on that bridge where they were just beating them down. And that was true hate, racism at its worst. And that's how they felt about the Samaritans. Like a guy driving down the road in Alabama. There's an African American on the side there. And I might hit him. I don't know. I, you know. So we're talking about deep, deep feelings here of hate. So it's always fun to study Jesus' stories. Because he really flips things on people. This lawyer was not expecting a Samaritan to show up. You know, That was not his neighbor. Certainly a Samaritan wasn't my neighbor. But yes, in this story, the Samaritan is your neighbor. Someone you hate. Someone you despise. Someone you wouldn't walk across the road to help, right? But the Samaritan, he had compassion. Compassion. Jesus Christ said when He saw the crowds, He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. As He looked out over Jerusalem and He saw all the people, all the people that were lost, all the people who were not following Him, It's interesting that he didn't uh, judge them. The word judge, yeah, shouldn't be used. We shouldn't judge people. Now, we can evaluate people if you're working with a a person. uh, They're another Christ follower. You can evaluate where they might be on their spiritual life. There's nothing wrong with that. you just got to drop the attitude, right? Because you want to help them. But here we see Jesus Christ looking at all these sinners And He doesn't judge them. What does He do? He feels compassion for them. that word in Greek is splenax, which means from the gut. When's the last time you talked to somebody or you saw somebody and you felt it in your gut? You heard about somebody who lost their spouse. Or someone's son who was killed in a car accident. Or someone who's really having problems in their marriage. When was the last time you felt it in the God? It's like, oh. Friends, we as Christ followers need to be people of compassion compassion all around us and it's easy of course to watch the news and see all these different people (laughs) they're way out there and and we really start to judge them right we really start to say how can those people do that how can that person hold that particular view how can a person live in that way and we become angry Jesus become angry? No. He compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The people who live around you, the people you work with, they're lost sheep. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know where they're going. And really, you, you can't blame them for what they're doing. Because they're sinners. They were born sinners. And if a sinner has not been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ and come into the kingdom of God, hey, what else is there to do but sin? Especially with the moral framework of our culture being torn down. It's like going wild. But again, they're sinners who need a savior now we need to speak truth into situations and in people's lives about what the Bible says about certain things when necessary, but on the other side of things I mean, you know unfortunately Christians are known for what we're against right they know they're known for what we're against we're just so ticked off that people are doing all this but the way it should be is Yes, we we should express our opinion, but this part should be compassion for other people. Love for other people. I define compassion as love with action. Love with action. It's not just where you feel the gut but you do something you engage you help you encourage you serve that's compassion passion in action you do something and i know we all have those moments oh, i should stop and help that guy's you know flat tire or whatever the case might be or spend more time with my neighbor but i don't have time we're Christ followers. That's what we do. We care for people. We serve them. Brett Filer sitting over here. And I have never seen a guy so passionate about reaching people for Jesus. And I just said several people to the Lord this past week. So Brett, way to go, man. Keep up the good work. And I tell you what, you know, he, he... he is compassion. He goes up to the jail and teaches. The guy's there. and uh, yeah, He is full of compassion. And we need to be more like Brett. We need to say, Lord, let me see because we can't see. We can't see. The Levite and the priest, they didn't see. Ever go to a, a movie where you pay for the 3D glasses? I still can't figure out why those call cost three bucks. It looks like maybe five cents to make. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes it's worth it to get the 3D glasses because if you're looking at a 3D movie and you have your glasses off and you're looking at and you kind of get an idea of what's going on, but it's really blurry and not worth watching. But once you put on your 3D glasses, then you can see clearly And friends, the problem is that so many of us do not have the glasses of compassion on. We don't. You know, put some money in the offering. Maybe help out here or there. That's about the extent of it, you know. When it comes to our daily lives, we're so busy pleasing ourselves and pleasing other people, that we do not have the margin to have compassion, passion in action. When was the last time that you took time to help someone? You gave of your resources. You gave of your time. I just want to encourage you to start praying for compassion. If you say, yeah, I'm there, man. I need to grow. Start praying for compassion. Start praying for opportunities. Because when you pray for opportunities, God will send them to you. No doubt. That's right. If you pray, Lord, I want to show compassion today. I want to show compassion this week. Send somebody my way. And someone will come your way and the test will be, will you take action? Or you just say, oh, no, i got way too much going on today. Matthew 9.37, then He said to His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We're going to talk a lot about this verse because yes, the harvest is plentiful as we look throughout this area and beyond. But the laborers, the people who need to be showing compassion, are few. There are so many Christ followers who are not showing compassion. And that's why we have so few laborers. The laborers are showing compassion. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So, if you have a prayer list, That should be right on the top of your prayer list. Lord, I pray for more laborers. I pray for more people with compassion. I pray that You would transform our church into one big compassionate heart that loves its community. And again, as I've always encouraged you, have that one life. That person that you're praying for. Again, the first step of reaching someone for Christ is to pray. You pray daily for that person. You're making a difference. Now, I I can't get to know that person. Just start praying for them. It's simple as that. And when you pray for people, there's a way the Holy Spirit uses that to inspire you, to be compassionate, to reach out. And to love. We need to pray. Then, verse 34 he went to him and bound up his wounds. This is a Samaritan. Pouring on oil and wine. Oil was to soothe things, and wine was the antiseptic. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn. And took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii. It's like two weeks pay. And gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Let's say that uh, you're in Chicago, and of course, you know, there's all types of homeless people. And you come across one, and you start to have a dialogue with them, and they tell you their story. Even if, you know, they were part of the problem. And you look at that person and you say, You feel compassion for them. And then you take action. And so you invite them into your car. And you take them over to the one of the hospitals because they do have some physical needs. And you say, I would like this person to stay or I would like to check him in and do what you need to do uh, to care for him and I'll pay the bill. No insurance, but I'm going to pay the bill. And that night he spent with the Samaritan at the inn or the hospital. Uh, he took on, he didn't have to do that. He could have gone on. He's a busy guy. But no, he gives up his time. And he's It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't this really an unbelievable story? I tell you, this does not happen. It didn't happen then. It didn't happen today. You know who they're talking about here? Who's the good Samaritan? Who is a good Samaritan? Tell me. Jesus Christ is the good Samaritan. That's why everything's magnified. That's why it's, I can't believe that story. It's because Jesus and His unbelievable grace and love and forgiveness is pouring out, pouring out His salvation on people. Now, we're talking about serving here, which usually the Good Samaritan is used for. But really the point of the whole parable? He said, just tell the self-righteous lawyer. He says a great commandment. And Jesus said, go and do that. But nobody could keep all the commands right. And so he was self-righteous. And, well, yeah, I can keep all the commands. But Jesus was showing them, if you really, really want to obey the law, This is how you need to act toward a Samaritan you find. You bring him to a hospital. You pay the bill. You come back and pay the rest. That's ridiculous. It is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Right? Think about it. I mean, Jesus coming down from heaven to, to give his life for us. To sacrifice his body to feel the weight of sin. He's our good Samaritan, right? So, when you reflect on those things, you just think, I want to help other people understand about who Jesus is and what He wants to offer them and how they can can live daily with Him, right? Right? We just need to continue to think about what Jesus did for us. will help us motivate to have more compassion. So Jesus asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Well, what word didn't he use? The Samaritan, right? He didn't even want to say the Samaritan. The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Could he go and do likewise? Could he go and do likewise? Could this lawyer go out and fulfill the law? No! That's what Jesus says, but in a way he's saying to him, hey, you can try. But Jesus came to this earth to fulfill the whole law so he could represent us. On the cross. Christians were known for their compassion. Roman Emperor Andridian said this about Christians in a history book that was found. Look at how they love one another. See how they love one another. They never fail to help the widows. They save orphans from those who would hurt them. If they have something, they give freely to those who have nothing. If they see a stranger, they take him home as though he were a brother. Here is a pagan emperor in the second century who observed Christians all the time. And he said, these people care I tell you, they were persecuted and, and the plagues would come into a place and everybody would run for their lives. But the Christians were the ones who stayed to help the sick, knowing that they were going to die themselves. Dan, you're getting way out there, man. I can't do that. Yeah, you're right. But the Holy Spirit, through your desire, can do it through you. Just start praying for an opportunity to reach out with the love of Jesus Christ. What I'd encourage you to do if you're interested is uh, surprise someone by serving them. So again, choose from those people. We've got Trunk or Treat coming up. I really want to encourage you. Uh, to come out and have a great time uh, with us. But most importantly, friends, we want to go out, right, and tell them about Jesus. But we want to invite them to places where they can experience other Christ followers. And so really start praying right now. Who can I invite out? Who are, Who are the People in my neighborhood or my grandchildren or whatever. Who can I invite out to this event? I wish I had drug or tree when I was a kid. <laughs>
1: I mean, wow,
0: things have gotten a lot better. So be creative in your service. So think about your neighbor. Okay? What can you do for your neighbor? Maybe you can mow your lawn. Or mow his lawn, that is. Now again, some some people are so fastidious that might not be a good idea. <laughs> There's somebody that's moved in. In fact, we have somebody that moved in a couple of months ago. Haven't had a chance to get over there. You know, I, I'm going to bring them, you know, a big good that Laura will make. I'll ask her. <laughs> I'll say, welcome to the neighborhood. Welcome there. We're so glad to have you here. Or maybe you already have a relationship with your neighbor. And you go and say, hey. Is there anything I can help you with? Why is that a dangerous question? Because it's all about time, right? How much time are you going to take of mine? What can I help you with? Or maybe it's at the office. That's a neighborhood, right? What can you do for a person in your office or in your business? You say, hey, what can I take off your plate I mean, certainly like in an office environment, and in a a home environment, uh, people know what needs to be done, and everybody, well, not everybody's working at it at home, but in an office environment, they're working on it. And you can make somebody's life easier by surprising them by service. Who are you thinking about right now, huh? Who are you thinking about? Who comes to your mind, where you've had that gut feeling like, yeah, I got to get over and talk to them. Got to have them over for dinner. Friends, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together, Heavenly Father. Thank you uh, for this powerful parable that continues to inspire us no matter how many times we've heard it. (laughs) I've been inspired. Lord, thank You for Your audacious love. And thank You for the incredible news that You want us to give out. Oh, Lord, help us to be compassionate. Fill me with more compassion, Lord. Fill me with more compassion for the people that are in my circle of influence. In Christ's name, amen. I take our offering at this time. The usher's going to come forward. You can start right away. This is another way of worshiping God. It's an important way. It's saying, God, I'm giving to you first. I'm not going to pay the credit card first. I'm not going to pay someone else. I'm going to pray to you, or uh, uh, pay you first, or give to you first. I want to show you some things that have happened because of your generosity. God working through your generosity. Yeah, I'll tell you so. <laughs> Okay. How about this conference room? Huh? Isn't that beautiful? How many have been in there? How many have been in there? you got to go in after the service, okay, and just take a peek. Uh, our year end offering last year, Uh, You guys gave $5,000 as part of a trio of projects to remodel our conference room. I wish we had a before picture. But that's the place where new people come first. They come for a newcomer's lunch. Uh, They come for a, a class with Pastor Rich. So we wanted to make this a warm and welcoming place. And thank you Rich, Pastor Rich, uh, who led the charge, and uh, Joe Hykus, our facilities guy, who did so much on it, and Janice Straley, who uh, helped out with the decorations, and I know there were others, but thank you. So we've got a piece of furniture here. We've got a really big clock up there on the left hand side. You can see that. When I first saw that clock in a box, I said, what are they thinking? <laughs> That's way too big a clock for this room. Well, of course, it was part of a beautiful uh, design that was uh, set out there. If you look at the top right-hand corner. Uh, we have a projector uh, that's hanging there. And then we have a screen that automatically comes down. And so if we are uh, in a meeting or something of that nature, uh, we have Wi-Di so we can just hook up our uh, computer or phone immediately. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's fun. You also see here? Well, it's not advancing. So all that to say is that we want to thank you. So, okay, there it is. I uh, <laughs> go back a second. I think this is on delay. I shouldn't have hit it. But look quickly, and you'll see the lights on the parking lot. What uh, happened in the last couple of weeks here is that we uh, put in LED lighting uh, to save money to get some money back from the government. And most importantly, to showcase our campus. Like I was talking with Kathy Piskey back here, and she said, I kept driving by and driving by, and something looked really different. It was good. Yeah. It was LED lights. And how about that person who's driving down Algonquin Road? And they drive by our sign. A thousand times a year. Friends, they'll know that we're ready for them. They'll see an inviting building. And we'll be ready to minister to them. Why don't you stand with us and let's sing to God.